Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African-American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans nearly three decades from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Barack Obama in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. One of these days, I'm going to be able to say that song and say, you know what, what's going on, and we're going to be able to identify it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. I want to thank you for joining me tonight for another broadcast of Black Politics Today. I play that song so often, and and I, I play it for a reason, because it seems like each and every week there's always some new revelation or some new instance or some new issue that seems to sort of touch us and ask and and, and 
puts us in a position where we got to ask ourselves, what is going on? Because in our community, across this country, and even in this country period, it's just always something going on that just seems to negate or enhance or just put us as black folks, as African-Americans in positions where things are just happening and, and you just don't know what to do, how to do it. You don't understand why it's happening. And, and things are just going crazy around here. So it, it seems like what's going on? Because, you know, I really want to say what the hell is going on? Um, because it's, it's, you know, it's a mess. It's just crazy. Um, I don't understand why we still have to deal with stuff uh, in 2020 uh, that we had to deal with in 1950 or 1930s and 40s. Um, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me that we are still dealing with um, what we dealt with 50, 60, 70 years ago, and we're still on it again now, like it was just yesterday that we had to deal with KKK and civil rights issues and everything else. So I don't understand it. It, 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 it you know, quite frankly, you know, pisses me off, makes me upset about it uh, because it does not make sense to me. It does not make sense to me why, as people of color, as uh, folks living in 2019, that we're still dealing with the same stuff we had to deal with back in the 1950s when people were getting shot up, beat up, you know, bullied, uh, arrested for things that they didn't do and all this other stuff, and we're still dealing with it. But there's always that that thing that, that's out there for us that says we can still make it. There's still those silver linings that we see that says keep hope alive or we're still good or things are going to turn around or it's okay, we're going to make it. There's still those glimmering hopes and glimmering signs that says change is on the horizon. Change is going to come. And I'm always hopeful and always pressing and talking to friends and family and you each week to tell you we have to make sure we understand what's at stake for us and our family what's at stake for us and what we do what's at stake for us and how we go about our daily lives our daily activities and and how we pursue what we pursue and why do we pursue what we pursue i mean you know ask yourself why do you pursue the things that you pursue and understanding, you know, what purpose does it bring to you? What, what is the bottom line? What's the end result? Where are you going to end up when it's all said and done? How is your family going to be impacted? What benefits or consequences or, or uh, deterrence are going to come to you and your family based on the decisions and actions that you take or make or those actions of others that you happen to deal with or come in contact with? We have to begin to do things intentionally and with purpose and understanding and clarity of thought. And, 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 and for the, the, the pure purpose and direction of making ourselves, our families, and our communities better. And I already got started in it because, you know, clearly, I normally stop and tell you, before I get started, let me pause and thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything he's done, for allowing me to host this show, for giving me the inspiration behind this show, for having guests to come on the show each week to share with you, share with me, enlighten us both, give their opinions, their expertise, their knowledge and areas that we discuss each week. But clearly, I got a, you know, there's something in my crawl that allowed me to pass all of that up 
and not thank God first, as I normally do, to get into this. And it's because it's serious. It's because if we do not realize what the hell is going on, not only just in our own household, our own families, our own lives, but in our community across this state, across your state, your city, um, and this nation, you might as well pack up and, 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 and figure out that you're going to live like a hermit, stay in your house, never come out, get in the basement, move, die, something. Because in 2019, when we still have all this crazy behind stuff going on, even those glimmers of hope we see only last for a minute because the pain and suffering we deal with lasts for a lifetime when it's your loved ones being shot and killed for no darn reason. And you know I wanted to say something else. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's as my, my my dad used to say, you know, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Absolutely. I'm sick and tired of, of, of having to play what's going on instead of playing something else or wake up everybody, you know, or Selma or T.I. song, um, you know, diff- the, the, the different realities of the music genre that I select to try to depict and and and, and uh, share what the show is going to be about and where we are. Because my, my show tonight was and is a star is born while another is killed. On one hand, we have that glimmer of hope, that, that silver lining, that sign that change is going to come. And yet, in the same breath that we have that, someone else is struck down or someone else gets off or someone else walks free. And it's crazy to me because what happens is we get numb to it. We say, oh, it doesn't matter. And then we start giving up on it and allowing it to continue to push, push, push and put us in positions where our responses are not the responses we should have. Our responses should be responses of of intentionality, of moving forward, taking something and doing something with it. When you look at what's at stake socially, economically, and politically for black folks in America, there's a whole hell of a lot we need to be concerned with, a whole hell of a lot we need to be paying attention to. Because everything, and I mean everything, affects our community, and affects us individually, collectively, family-wise, and and socially, community-wise, economically, individually, family, and community, and politically. You cannot separate those three because one has an impact on the other. And I'm trying to drill that in and drill that home each and every week through this broadcast, through our magazine, through the website, when I go out and speak publicly, I'm trying to drill that home to you. Because you must understand, all those of you who are out there say, well, I ain't with that, it doesn't matter to me, and you know somebody in your family, if you are listening, who says that, go over, pimp slap their behind, and tell them, yeah, it does matter. Because the more ignorant you are, the stupid you get, and 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 it's like, 
again, what the hell for? If you want to join the conversation today, it's 202. I'm sorry, that's my number. <laughs> if you want to join the conversation, it's 516-590-0143. Again, it's 516-590-0143. This past Tuesday, that glimmer of hope highlighted in, in the heartbeat of segregation, in the land of racism, and in the capital of the Confederacy, the chains were broken, and the past that we've all known it to be invited in a new renaissance, if you will, of culture, resurgence, and change in the South's birth of civil rights, and in Alabama's capital city of Montgomery, Alabama, where the election of Judge Stephen Reed was the as the first African-American to be elected mayor in that city's 200-year history. That glimmer of hope is what I'm talking about. Because I think, as I think about Judge Mayor, I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Judge Reed as mayor, and I think about uh, Clarence Burkhead in North Carolina and the other eight county sheriffs that were elected for the first time. And I think about other folks uh, elected for the first time from, from Congress or, or mayor in different cities across this uh, nation, we have those glimmers of hope, and yet we still don't collectively understand what it means for us economically, socially, and politically. Or what we do is we elect them, and then we sit back and do nothing like, oh, my God, we got them now, so we ain't got to do nothing else. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, I'm going to use some bad English tonight because I'm really just pissed off about a whole lot of stuff. So grammar's going out the door tonight. But we have to understand that there are things that we have to do. So when you have someone like Judge Reed, who made history in Montgomery, Alabama, I mean, you know, the birthplace of confederacy, the birthplace of segregation, the birthplace of of civil rights, you know, all those things wrapped up into one and one city, one state. And yet, finally, after 200 years, they elect a black man by 67% of the vote. He was also the first black man or African-American period to be elected as a probate uh, to the probate court, as a probate judge. And so he's energizing folks in the city. He's mobilizing people. And the question is, what will his election do? Because, you know, Doug Jones is going up for re-election, Democrat in Alabama, up against either Roy Moore or Jeff Sessions. And we know Alabama is still a racist, segregated state. But with all the major cities, Birmingham, Montgomery, Jackson, um, and I think Mobile even, having black mayors, what does that mean for the state? What does that mean for the, the electorate in that state? How are they now going to respond when it comes time to 2020? their uh, Senate race, their congressional race, and the presidential race. How are they going to respond and react? And, and hopefully we can, we can uh, um, we've got a call out to his office. Hopefully they will uh, join us tonight uh, and be on, uh, be on the show with us to, to help us ask that question and, and get that answer and response. Because the reality is this. If his election does nothing more than just help Montgomery, will his election really make a change or make a difference? 
I mean, will it will it actually help in any way? And when you think about that, while he's being elected and making history in Fort Worth, we have another star being gunned down in their own home Saturday while playing video games with her teenage nephew, Anton, um, Antonia uh, Jefferson, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She was shot and killed by a white police officer who was investigating a non-emergency call from a neighbor about the open door at the house. So a neighbor calls the police and says, hey, I don't know if, you know, it, it, what's going on, but the door is left open, right? And I think it was the front door, maybe the back door, I'm not quite sure. Um, but when the police arrive, this dude starts walking around and, and snooping and looking around the back and everything else instead of going to the front door, knocking on the door to find out if anybody's there. Didn't come with a partner uh, from from uh, what I read, but then goes around the back, right? Antonin's in there, Ant- Antonia. I'm just calling Antonin. I'm sorry, Miss Jefferson, because I'm, I'm having problems pronouncing her name based on the spelling. Um, she's in there playing video games with her nephew. She hears somebody in the backyard. She gets up to look out. The police sees her. He shoots her. Doesn't say, I'm police. Hey, is everything okay? Doesn't say anything. He shoots her dead. And in another case in Georgia that just got decided today, the case happened in 2015 or 16. The police officers just come into trial now in 2019. This white police officer gets a phone call, 911. From the apartment complex manager saying, hey, there's a guy outside running around naked. He's demented. He, he seems to have some mental issues or mental illness or something's going on. He's running around with no clothes on. He's sitting in the middle of the street. Police rolls up. He jumps up and runs towards the cop. The cop then gets out of his car and then tells uh, the, the person running to him, who happens to be an Air Force veteran named Anthony Hill, Running towards him, he's telling him to stop, stop, stop. Anthony doesn't stop because he's bipolar, mentally ill. And the cop shoots him twice in the chest. Then gets to court and says, I was afraid for my life. I thought he was going to kill me. He had nothing in his hand. He was butt-ass naked. And this cop shoots him twice in the chest because he's afraid for his life. He didn't use a stun gun. He didn't use a baton. He didn't keep his white ass in the car. If he sees somebody running to you, stay in the car. Turn on your sirens. Roll down the window. But he gets out the car and shoots the man twice. And a Georgia court found him not guilty this morning. While the young lady, Miss Jefferson, in Fort, Wash- uh, Fort, um, Fort Worth, Texas, she's dead because another cop white dude, decides to play Rambo, doesn't ask questions, didn't ask her, like, hey, what are you doing here? Do you live here? Are you supposed to be here? Let me see some ID. I got a call. We're investigating. Nothing. He pops off two caps. She's dead. Now, Fort Worth, I give him credit. The chief of police, the mayor, they came out, was right on it, apologized, and it was wrong. It was incorrect. Everything about what he did was wrong. They were going to fire him today, but he resigned. 
The good thing about it is that they are not stopping the criminal charges against him. They're keeping the criminal investigation. And the other good thing about it is that he no longer, because he resigns, gets the protection of the police union or anything else. So I'm glad about that. I'm sad about the fact that he just walked up to the house and popped off two caps without finding out and doing the proper investigation about what was going on when he should have and could have went to the front door to find out what was going on, waited for backup, and then he could have had him go to the front and backup go to the back uh, back door or something of that nature. But instead, he went on and just went all the way into the backyard, sees someone and shoots them. It's crazy. So we had a star born in Judge Stephen Reed. But then we lost a star in Atiana Jefferson. Tonight, joining me to discuss this and help me with understanding all this craziness along with the impeachment process and what's going on in Syria with test two baby Trump uh, is Nate Brennan. Nate's a political strategist, an educator uh, from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, been involved in politics at this uh, Maryland state capitol for a number of years, and he joins me back on the show tonight. Welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, how's it going? It's good, my brother. How you doing? I'm awesome, man. Another 24 hours to try and do the right thing, you know? I like that. I like that, because you can tell I'm kind of pissed off tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Okay. okay. But I'm going to try to start off on a positive note. Go ahead. <laughs> I know Go you ahead. have the right to be so, to be upset, because, you know, as you said, you know, we have one one victory to celebrate and then one tragedy to bring it back to normalcy. Just when you think yeah, you're... Too. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So I'm going to start off with the with the celebratory aspect of of our show tonight, because it's going to, you know, (laughs) it's going to get bad to worse after after we deal with uh, um, uh, Miss Jefferson and and Mr. Hill. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. Alabama, man, I mean, let's let's look at that. Montgomery, Alabama. I mean, you know, the heart of the KKK. Everything about it, you know, has been racist and, and, and continues to be racist. Don't let's not get it twisted. Let's not get the Obama uh, 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 theory of, oh, we elected somebody black, so racism is gone. That ain't it. No. But the idea that he was able to bring together a coalition of black, white, um, and I guess Latinos and everyone else to get him elected uh, was significant in that you're talking about one of uh, 200 years, one of the most racist parts of our nation in, in Montgomery, Alabama is like, you know, uh, uh, Mobile and, and Jackson and Birmingham, too. But although they've gotten, uh, you know, they've elected black mayors in the past, this is the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. and he crushed this dude, 67 percent of the vote. He crushed him and his opponent, um, uh, Woods, I think his name was Woods, yeah. owns Woods. the local TV yeah, station. Woods. Yeah, owns the local TV station. And it's like, you know, he, he got free advertisement and putting it out there, and he, he crushed him. Yeah. So what, what do you think about yeah, that? Well, he, had a, he has a somewhat decent uh, legislative agenda, and the agenda was to move the city forward and get it out of uh, what it's currently doing, which is not great business sense. And I think a lot of people of color need to look at politics from that perspective, of, yeah, we can do all of the simple things 
with education, but if we aren't education, edu- educating the electorate on economics, then we're doomed to the same failures of the Republican Party, too. So we don't have that luxury of saying we need to just do the basics. We need to do more. And I think it's pivotal that he wins, he wins this race into the state. In order to flip the presidency, you can have a lot of your electorate come out and support in the larger populated major cities that would be more heavily populated than the rural areas that tend to vote Republican, and you could possibly flip that state. Right. And it's going to be interesting, as I said in my opening, how it plays with, um, with, this, uh, with the Doug Jones race coming up. And, and what will it what will it mean, and how will he be able to use his uh, his you know uh, uh, victory in that city to be able to uh, uh, promote and get folks out to vote and move them forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting how that you know what what he's able to do and if he's able to do something with that uh, because he is yeah. he is talking about uh, more more. Um, Technological advancements, as opposed to just looking at um, uh, you know quote unquote blue collar um, industrialization yep. type jobs and 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 um, exactly. uh, um, manufacturing and things of that nature. He's talking about like we got, we need to move this city forward and we got to do so from a economic structured position where we can actually bring in high wages uh, and bring in the type of jobs that we want to move forward in where millennials want to stay and be there. Because if, if all your millennials are leaving your city, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you in a hard, hard place to be because you're not going to be able to get what you need to, you know, vitalize your community. If they're not there making money and, and being able to invest, they're going to be like, Hey, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to a bigger city. I'm leaving the state. I'm going elsewhere. Agreed. Agreed. And that, Part of the smart city campaign that he yeah. that he pitched, as well as the case of twelve uh, revamping and not introducing a whole. Looks like I lost Nate. No, a whole. So one of the no, things no, that I, I like here. about uh, what um, I believe I'm still here. What uh, uh, Mayor oh, Reed was no. doing is he he's talking about revitalizing, as I was just saying uh, and posing that question to to Nate of so well. being able to create opportunities and jobs for the young people to be able to move forward. So well. And be able to have things and, and, and be able to look forward to where we stand in this in this uh, okay. economic ecosystem, you know, in, in this area of where we are. How are we how are we gonna be, you know, what are we gonna be and, and how are things gonna happen to where we can actually benefit from what's going on? And uh, and that's one of the areas that I like about him. Another okay. thing that I, I like is that he ran a campaign that was strictly talking about like, hey, bringing folks together and let's, you know, end the idea of what's happening. Let's end the idea um, of what's going on and, and happening. Nate, are you there? I can't hear you, my brother. Uh, Hold on be. one second. Be I don't know what's happening with us here, but I can't hear you. <laughs> but I'm getting, I'm getting notification that you are there talking. Uh, yep, yep. I'm going to take a quick break and uh, let's see if we can't fix this uh, uh, technical difficulty so I can hear you. Uh, maybe it's on my end. My earphones are going out. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break oh. and we'll be right back.
If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics, and your source for the social, economic, and political impact on the African American community. So join the conversation at 516-590-0143 and share your viewpoint at 516-590-0143. Now, back to your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 516-590-0143. That's 516-590-0143. All right, Nate, you're back here live. I apologize. I I couldn't hear you. I didn't know what was going on, and uh, I'm getting a notification that you're there, and I'm just talking all over you. So I was was posing the question out there about the... The, the economic structure and what he's doing in terms of how he's changing the dynamics of his, um, of his uh, ecosystem and go ahead and tell me what you were mm-hmm. saying so that I can hear what you had to say as well. Yeah. You were talking about the smart city initiative, I believe. And right. that is something that's not only uh, like 5g networks and stuff, but it makes your city run more efficiently and you have, you can attract more millennials with that sort of thing because it's technological advances. So not only are you, upgrading your city's infrastructure, but you're also attracting a totally different type of worker. Um, not saying that uh, manufacturing, which is a large part of, you know, some of the southern economy outside of the prison system that uh, can generate jobs. However, uh, it's not sustainable over time. And with technological advances within that, even, you don't, you need to, ex- you have to educate your elect- your base again. So, he had to talk about K through 12 and then making sure that you can protect those assets. He talked about um, actually bringing in more cops and he, I mean, the mayor elect. So I think those are some of the right. things that a lot of people wanted to hear. And that's what you do need to actually keep some of the cities going and becoming more vibrant and attractive to a different type of voter, as well as a, a tax base. At the end of the day, you want to generate income and that's going to be a way to generate income. So you have people there buying houses and actually living and staying and playing. Exactly. And, and it's a, a way for you to be able to, to cross over party lines as well as um, uh, racial lines of being able to get folks in there because they, they see it as a, as an area for them to make sure that they can, um, Hey, you know, they can, they can keep um, uh, business. They can keep their homes. They can, you know, keep their city vitalized and, and they don't lose mm-hmm. anything to it. Now, what do you think? I, I made the question or asked the question in my intro about his ability to broaden uh, his appeal uh, in the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, being the first there, 
how is that and how do you see that playing in this uh, Senate race with Doug Jones? Because we know Doug is, is sort of in this space where he won't really talk about the impeachment um, because of, of just where he <laughs> is and what's going to happen. And at the same time, not talking about it could alienate the Democrats on his side. So how do you think yeah. Reed can play in this space and, uh, and kind of either – I mean, in, in all accounts, help re, uh, help uh, Doug Jones in getting reelected, as well as getting mm-hmm. more folks out to vote uh, just in the presidential election overall, looking for the Senate. I think it's going to be crucial to, their, to Doug Jones' ground game to have his base on his side, because, again, it becomes a, number, a numbers game. If he can get a majority of the inner city folks to vote, again, that counteracts the uh, rural vote, and that you're going to have the rural the rural vote is going to go, go Republican pretty much in that state. And there's no purple in it. It's pretty red. So right. uh, you just have to really get those 18 and over out, especially millennials, too, who were in 2016 staying away from the polls. I don't want to vote or my vote isn't going to count sort of situation and some independents in there. So you're going to have some independent folk who are wanting the businesses to do well. They may be somewhere like suburbia. Who all can stand to benefit from the economic boom happening in the inner city? And and if I guess also it's going to depend on if it's uh, Roy Jones or if it's Jeff Sessions. Mm-hmm. And some people, what I've heard, um, some people don't want Jeff Sessions to run, but at the same time, they don't want Doug. I mean, Roy Jones to run either. They want somebody new to run. And uh, apparently, uh, who I can't remember who it is. Um, that's actually running against Roy now, but apparently Roy is still getting the majority of the vote, which is just crazy to me. Well, they're loyal. I don't understand. How, I don't how understand. I, I, oh my God, are they loyal? <laughs> I don't understand how they do that. How do you, how do you sit there and 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 support a known pedophile? I mean, someone who's been removed mm-hmm. from the bench twice, whose you know conduct has already been shown proven to be or more. Uh, deplorable <laughs> you know and and everything yeah. else and you still sit there and you support this dude and they talk about they support well, him on christian values i mean that's your that's your fallback because who's going to question your religion i mean that's your moral base that's not necessarily a legislative issue that is something that the bible belt holds near and dear to their heart and I'm, I'm Christian as well, so I'm not saying you shouldn't hold your religion near to, near and dear, but you also have to know some things are immoral. And once you cross that moral line, uh, you probably should take a good look in the mirror, as we should with the president, and say that these aren't, these aren't things that are acceptable. Um, we wouldn't accept it from ourselves, so why should we accept it from our elected officials? And and even more so is that in that. And and I and I, I I agree with you and I understand exactly what you're saying that that Bible Belt is so strong in their quote unquote um, religion that they have because I, I have to call it religion and not the spirituality mm-hmm. of it all because they carry it on their sleeve yeah. because they pick it up when they want it and they put it down when they want to too and they always put it down when it comes to their conservative values and. Republicans do anything, but if it's a Democrat or anyone else of that nature, then they're always talking morals. But what killed me was the morals that they were talking about of Roy Jones and saying, but he's a Christian and he's a moral man, but he's 40 years Mm -hmm. old playing with 13 year olds. And you think that's okay. Well, his, their, her mom led her 
Oh, really? I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> because her mom let her because he was the judge at the time. That was okay. And they and they make yeah. up these excuses. And it's like you said, they're doing the same thing with uh, with uh, 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 test tube, test tube baby down there at 1600. I mean, yeah, they they embraced him for everything, and and it wasn't until he pulled the plug on Syria that they then decided to react and say, "Oh my God, you're doing something that's really bad." I I, I, I can't, yeah, I, I'm trying to understand Jerry Farwell. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Help me understand that. <laughs> Well, I don't think that the Syrian conflict and what's happening with the with the, uh, the Turkish fighters is not anything new to all, anyone who follows the Middle East. That's always been a conflict exactly. zone. And always. I think it depends where you fall in line with whatever organization is benefiting from it. And that's, I made a joke about, you know, the impeachment and who benefits from that uh, economically. And, no, it, no, I didn't get an answer when I posed the question to people, but there are those who benefit from one side winning and the other side, and that can be through contracts and all sorts of other things that they get these kickbacks on. So while the president is saying, look over here, look over here, we're looking the wrong way at what's really happening. And I think that's really going to be the story that the Republicans have to deal with in the end for the midterm elections when they have to be going for re-election, not midterm, but upcoming elections. Right. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. That That is going to be a key. I'm going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and, and look at this tragedy that's happening in Fort Worth and, and in Georgia. And look at the rest of this stuff from, from Syria on down to this impeachment mess and how are black folks going to be impacted. How are we going to be impacted by all this? Because there's going to be an impact, and it's going to be something that we need to worry about and think about. So I'm going to take another quick break, and we're going to come back and ask you those questions and see exactly where we go from here. Uh, leading up to 2020. We'll be right back. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. The bare necessities of healthy living are easier than you think. You better believe it. It all starts with the right balance of being active and eating well. You eat air? You're going to love the way they tickle. And the food pyramid shows you the way. With just the right amount of exercise and the necessary grains, vegetables, fruits, milk, and meats and beans to keep you and your family on a path to good health. Just the bare necessities of life. Just remember, every food group every day. Crazy. Start by taking small steps. Steps that add up to a happier, healthier life. Try making half your grains whole. Or start adding fruit to breakfast. Me and Baloo, we've got things to do. So eat right. Have a banana. Be active. I'll move. That's it. And have lots of fun. Yeah, man. For your own path to a healthier you, visit MyPyramid.gov. Oh, man. This is really living. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Ag Council. How's your lunch? Mm, good, Dad, but not as good as the sandwiches you used to make. Really? Sure. Remember how you'd melt the cheese first and dry the pickles on a paper towel so they didn't make the bread soggy? Oh, and then you cut it into four pieces with no crust? I did all that. <laughs> Jeez, Dad, how would anyone forget something like that? You never know which moments will be the ones they'll remember forever. So take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact on the African-American community. So join the conversation at 516-590-0143 and share your viewpoint 
at 516-590-0143. Now, back to your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 516-590-0143. That's 516-590-0143. So, man, Nate, let's get into this stuff mm-hmm. down in, in in Fort Worth. And um, last, what, a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, the Dallas trial of, uh, the, yeah. I think her name was Amber, and yeah. she had just shot the, the, the brother who was in his own apartment. She mistakenly went into his apartment, shot him up and et cetera. And then we saw the whole, you know, forgiveness impact with the, with the brother and hugging and, and, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I forgive you all those things. But then you have this come up. I mean, literally, well, no, right after that, the young brother who testified in the court case, is gunned down and shot in front of the apartment where he lives, right? Or the same apartment building. Yeah. He shut down. Uh, they don't know by who, what. I, I haven't heard anything of late in any of my searches I've looked. I've been trying to uh, pull up information. I didn't seem to catch anything before I got on air tonight. But then you have this young uh, lady, 28 years old. She's shot by cops in her own house because they didn't take the time to say, hey, police, uh, we're investigating, you know, open door, let me see some ID, who are you, what have you. Oh, uh, you know, it was a woman, it was a female, not that that should make a difference in, in, in one case or another. However, because it is a woman, because you see her sitting at the TV playing a video game and there's a little boy with her, um, as, a, as a police officer and as a former police officer myself, it's like, okay, wait a minute. You you go in. Now, you may be strapped. You may have your gun out. You may peek around the corner. You know, you may point your weapon, but you don't just point mm-hmm. and shoot immediately. And and then this dude resigns. He, he, he's, not even, he's not even trying to say it was an accident. He resigned and, like, out because he was going to get fired anyway. But what are we going to do? Or what what's, what should be our responses to this continued violence at the hands of police folk, officers and always white folks, white police officers? I mean, it's, it's getting crazy, man. Yeah, I agree. And the sad part about it is it's a welfare call. So you, you, it should be like non-emergency. Exactly. You go okay. and Guns blazing, and you, you're really going in there to check on, you know, a person could have had a heart attack, they could have passed out, they could have been intoxicated and passed out, it could have been a number of things, it could have been the situation of someone who's actually residing in the home and not announcing yourself, and four to six seconds later, you're just firing off shots, because obviously you don't know who lived there, but you're going to assume that, you assume guilt before anything, and that's the unfortunate side of this, so I believe, and people are going to hate me for what I'm going to say, I believe legislatively we need to take some of the powers away in terms of officer-involved shootings. Yes, we need to have a separate body who goes and does the investigation. On top of that, we need to actually hold them accountable. That then goes away in terms of those protections Mm -hmm. of you are protected by the law. No, no, you should be treated the same as anyone else involved in the shootings, murder and homicide manslaughter, all that stuff is up for grabs and you can be part exactly. of the same as you and I. 
civilian exactly. Joes. And so, see, that's the problem um, right there um, is that you have like the 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 following case that I that I opened up with in um, in uh, Georgia, where the the mm-hmm. guy who's military butt naked, he's running towards him, and he says, "Well, because he's running towards me, he's advancing." I said, "Stop twice." He didn't stop. I shot him. Well, you could have yeah. done uh, a taser. You could have, you know, you know. Hit him with the, your baton. Yeah. He had nothing in his hands. He had nothing on him. You can clearly see he has nothing. He's just running to you. And as you rolled up on him, he was sitting on the ground. So he sees you lights and fire. Maybe he's running to you for help. Maybe, you yeah. know, something else. But you just opened up, open fire because you said stop twice and he didn't stop. But you knew you were going for a mental illness call. You knew that because that's what the dispatcher right. said. That's what the woman testified. She called and she told the dispatch. <clears throat> so yeah. being a former police officer, that's the information you get. They get to court and say, well, he didn't have that information. Well, okay, mm-hmm. what information did he have? He he could he well, could clearly see that he had training. nothing on him. Right, exactly. Training. Yeah. And but the the way the they prosecute is that they prosecute you and then say, well, you have to give deference to the officer and his split-second judgment call that he had to make. Now, mm-hmm. that was not a split-second judgment call if he's running towards you and then you decide to get out the car while he's running towards you. You took a conscious yeah. effort to say, I'm getting out the car. You took a conscious yeah. effort to say, I'm drawing my weapon. You took a conscious effort to say, stop, stop, and then let me shoot you twice in the chest, put you down, go handcuff you, you ain't got nothing on. There's nothing for you to search. There's nothing for you. There's, yeah. there's nothing for you to do to then sit there and say, oh, I was in fear of my life. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think you're right, is that laws have to change in terms of how the police officers are prosecuted because white boys have been getting away with killing black folks for years, decades over this. I was afraid yeah. of my life. I thought he was reaching for a gun or I thought he was about to do something. I thought this and I thought that. Yep, or you're resisting arrest. Right. I had to subdue. I had to subdue him. In other words, right. I had to put him back in his place. And that's un- and that's the unfortunate narrative. So. And and the idea that that is what we have to do, or that's where we're going, because we have to tell people, uh, yeah, I was so afraid. I have the gun. I have the taser. I have the mace. I have the baton. I have the handcuffs. I have all the weapons I need. But I'm so afraid of this black woman or this black naked man or this other black man that I had to shoot them to protect and save my life because I was just so fearful. I, yeah. I, I, I'll, uh, um, what's his name? Walter Scott in South Carolina. He's running away yeah. from you and you shoot him eight times in the back, but I was afraid of him. Uh, you know, he, he had, exactly. he, he took my taser and I was afraid of him. And if we didn't have that video of that, dude would have got away. Exactly. Dude would have got that, away with that's that. That's what we have to do. We have to prosecute them to get them to stop and it's not all cops. So let me refer, let me restate this. It's not all cops. No, no, it's not. It's just the few but it's that are being protected by. Yeah, they're being protected by the law, and that's not that's not good. Because same thing with the welfare call. Am I am I not protected in my own home? The answer is no. Because if you can shoot me through a window because you're afraid, you don't know if I live here or not, uh, or you tell someone I'm afraid for my life. Of course you're afraid for your life if you walk out the house every day that way. I mean, we should not 
take it lightly that these are officers who are legitimately afraid for their lives without a gun, and they're going to be afraid for their lives with a gun. So their only protection is to take you out because you are a threat, no matter what state of mind you're in, what uh, activity you're participating in. You can be in your front yard. You can be in your house. You can be in your car. You can be compliant. And that's that's the travesty of it all, Nate, is what you said. You're afraid for your life, but you shoot me through the window, which means there is a building, a structure, a door, and everything else between me and you. But you shoot me. And Glenn claimed self-defense. I'm afraid for myself. I, I was I was so terrified, so terrified. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Man. Let me let me let me uh, switch with the few minutes that we have left to the Syrian mm-hmm. and and impeachment stuff, man. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> concerned about how things are going to play out. Um, I think that they the Democrats need to hold the Republicans accountable and make them vote. I, I think they they have to impeach. And make them vote in the Senate. And if they're willing to allow everything that this man has done with our allies and, and making this mm-hmm. unilateral, unilateral call to remove U.S. troops out of Syria and mm-hmm. then at the same time uh, uh, strong arm and, and try to bully uh, a Ukrainian president and invite him to investigate his political opponents, as well as asking China to do it and, and do this and not, I mean, I mean, just ridiculous and not hold him accountable and then have Lindsey Graham and all these other fools talking about, well, yeah, we need to investigate that. Well, I'm sorry. Did we investigate the 326 patents that Ivanka got six months Mm. after Getting into to getting to uh, D.C. and and her father being sworn in as president. How do you get three hundred and two patents in a day from China? That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Okay, that and means, we didn't investigate that. A way you get we, we didn't. There was there was no need to investigate that. We didn't investigate no. how um, Jared Kushner gets three billion dollars loan from Saudi Arabia. No, no, not from Saudi. From from Qatar. Mm-mm. Yeah. Right. We we investigate that. And then all of a sudden we put Qatar on the enemy of the state list. And then suddenly we take him off once uh, Jared Kushner gets the loan so he can bail himself out of his New York uh, 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 tower that he and his father overspent on. We didn't investigate that. Mm -hmm. But we're saying, oh, Mm -hmm. we need to investigate Hunter because he's on the board getting paid 50,000 a month. Who cares if he's getting paid 50,000 a month? If that's what they want to pay him, that's what they want to pay him. We are yeah. talking about capitalism. That's capitalism at its best. Well, he knows nothing Agreed. about it. Even more so, that's capitalism. He don't know a darn thing about uh, energy in Ukraine, but they're willing to pay his ass $50,000 a month because of who his name is and what that will bring to that company. That happens right here in America every single day. Yeah. Weight Watchers put yeah. Oprah on the board so that she can come in and make sure that when she starts doing stuff, everybody's going to go switch to Weight Watchers, leave Jenny Craig, and go over there and start building up. Yeah. Stock went from 10 stock because I bought it. Stock, as soon as Oprah got stock went from $10 to $27 a share in two days. Oh, that is an awesome earnings for a share. Oh, Tell me about it. 120%. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. I, I kid you not. 
I slept a day I because stock was at one. eight dollars. Stock was at eight dollars when they announced her. She was on the board. Ooh. It was on a Tuesday. I didn't get to the, uh, uh, my trade until Thursday. I think I bought it on Thursday or Friday, and it was at ten dollars and something cents a share. By that following mm-hmm. Monday, I was at twenty-seven dollars a share. Then it went up to thirty-five, and I sold because right after yeah. that it dropped back down to like fourteen dollars. But now it's back up to uh, seventy-five dollars a share. Oh goodness! Okay, that was uh, and, and, I mean, and that's all because of Oprah's name. So yeah. you're trying to tell me that there's a problem with Hunter Biden saying, okay, yeah, my dad's the VP. Give me a job. Yeah, I sit on your board. I'll advise you. Come on. People yeah. sit on boards that have nothing to do with the what the company is about anyway. It's because of who they bring in, the yeah. money they can raise because of who they are. Sitting on boards yeah. are about raising money for the organization. Exactly. And yet we Not have this issue. going to generate revenue. Yeah. Right. It's going to generate Good revenue. Happens. So when you look at that, I mean, when you think about that and, and how these Republicans are dealing with this, what's going to be the outcome? Because if if they don't take a vote or Mitch McConnell does some shenanigans, what do you think will be the uh, the, the, the political impact? Yeah. I mean, you have it going two ways. And as, as I was stating earlier, now you mentioned it, think about all the things that have happened in the Middle East and how he stands, and in Russia, and how he stands to benefit from that financially. And that's why I say Absolutely. he follows the money, not necessarily legislation, because he's not doing anything legislatively. He's doing things to make money for him and his circle. And that makes a lot of sense. And it, it baffles me that the Bible Belt still voted for him in the numbers that they did, because they believe that he's striking a deal with China would bring back jobs in America. No, the patents and everything is very, it's very important to American consumers, because let's say I'm, I'm Apple and I'm making an iPhone. And China has 15 different versions of the iPhone, yet they aren't producing the semiconductors. They aren't producing any parts of the iPhone because it's being done in other parts of Asia. That impacts my sales with the Asian community, with the Chinese community. So, yes, we do not benefit from that. And you're going to tell me you're going to bring those jobs back. Seriously, I I just don't see how that works. It doesn't work one way or the other. It doesn't work for the manufacturer and it doesn't work for the person working down. And Exactly. The... Uh, only person who really stepped up to talk about what happened with Syria was Senator Graham initially. <laughs> I mean, there are other elected officials coming out in the Republican Party are saying that, you know, this is wrong. But, um, again, what are they saying to benefit from that? They have to do something because their election is on the line, too. And but, but isn't that an I irony? I say they need to vote. Yeah. And, and, and hypocrisy? You, on the one hand, you're going to say, oh, no, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have left our allies out there. But then on the other hand, you say, oh, well, it's okay for him to strong arm the Ukrainian president and make him investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden because we should, we, you know, we should investigate that because that's, there's something going on there. And it's okay for yeah. us to do that. It's okay for us to ask a foreign government to do something that we ourselves can't do because our Constitution doesn't allow it. So it's okay for us to do that. So you're willing to obfuscate the Constitution for which you put your hand up and swore to uphold foreign and domestically because you don't like the political opponent and you want to investigate something that, mind you, you could have investigated before now. Why is it that you waited till now to investigate it and you decide now it's an issue when that was in 2014? We're in 2019. That was five years ago. Actually, 2013, I think it was. Right? That was five years ago. That's an issue, though. And now it's an issue. 
Now, Ukrainians yeah. already investigated. They investigated. They didn't find any issue with it. But now you want to open it back up again. And now you got Rudy Giuliani running around there, um, you know, doing stuff. And I hope his ass gets indicted. <laughs> I really do. That would be mm. that would be poetic justice for his behind to get indicted <laughs> by his same Southern District of New York uh, uh, department that he was overseeing and running around saying, I'm tough on crime. I weed out corruption. I do all this stuff. I would love to see yeah. his ass get indicted. Oh, the irony. That would be a great story. Y- you know, wouldn't it? That would be a great story. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, he's too close to everything. And I believe he's going to be the one piece that ties everything together. And once the indictment does come down, I think he let Oh, he's going he he's going to give up everything. He's already given up everything. Oh, I, I was yeah. I was going on behalf of the State Department. And Pompeo's yeah. ass. Yeah. I, I, I find it interesting. I, I find it interesting that I, I heard earlier today, and I, I didn't get a chance to check it out, but I, I find it interesting that, um, uh, what's his name, the, the uh, dude from Tennessee um, uh, or Oklahoma. Um, oh, God. Who's head of Benghazi? Uh, he was head of Benghazi investigation. Oh, um, Man, um, they said that he's not coming on the Trump campaign now. He's not coming as as the attorney for Trump anymore. Is that right? Well, I wonder. I, why. I heard that. I heard <laughs> <Yeah>. that earlier. <laughs> exactly because they start playing all those <laughs> clips of him saying it doesn't matter what administration you have to give up the paperwork, you have to give up the documents, you cannot stonewall Congress. And now he's gonna go in there and try to justify them stonewalling Congress and not giving up uh, documentation information. It's crazy. Yeah. So what are you looking at? Yeah, what are you I mean, looking at for the election? We got the debates whew. tomorrow. What are you looking at? Uh, well, one, I know they're going to actually talk about recent events with the cop shoot. They have to talk about that. And if they don't, shame on us for not pressuring them to do so. For the police but you know what? Shoot. That's the other thing about it is that they are not in and, and, and the DNC just, oh, my God, they, they – <sighs> You, you, you set up these debates and you set up the, mm-hmm. the moderators and the people who are going to ask the questions. And I don't know if the people get to pick their questions or what they want to ask or not, anything else, but it, it's just insane to right. me that, one, you're not talking about everything that Trump has done and done wrong. Uh, that that right. just, you know, is crazy to me. Two, it's crazy to me that you're not, like you said, talking about things like um, the, the shooting. And, and those things are going on, mm-hmm. especially when you need to make sure you get black folks out to vote. If you don't get yeah. black folks out to vote, not only just for the primary, but for the general, your asses are going to lose again. And you're going to con- and, and God forbid if Trump gets another four years and they hold the Senate, you can wrap this nation up. Because well, yeah, every judge, <laughs> every judgeship there is, is going to be filled um, uh, with 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 the the fifty one vote uh, majority and they don't care about it they're just gonna throw them in there like they've already done and Trump is gonna go ballistically haywire on everything he wants to do because he won't care and and getting impeached then won't matter because the Senate won't impeach him if they're still in control Democrats can do whatever no. the hell they want to in the House it won't matter yeah it will not matter and then they're gonna they're gonna try to prompt uh, prop up Pence and, and have him, you know, be able to, you know, come in and, and, and take over and then come back with his moral authority and his Christianity as he's been sitting on his hands and ass, mm-hmm. not saying a darn mm-hmm. thing. 
I mean, it's going to be crazy. I wouldn't. So I would what, what, I what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? I believe, what are you looking at? I believe that – I still believe that Warren keeps her lead. Um, Biden holds steady and Harris drops further back because of the last the last debate. And they're not going to take up – the one issue they could take up, I think, that would bring more people, not even just black people, to the polls would be taxes. You have to remember what he did with the federal code, and if they can actually reverse that, you get a lot more people on your side because that that income, that earned income tax credit, and putting that uh, giving that more um, more life, but also the homeowners tax credit. And it's that homeowners because they raise they raise the earned income as a way of mm-hmm. trying to you know get single moms and everybody on their side. But when they took away yeah. uh, the interest rate reduction for your homes, it's like yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it it literally the the other property I had in in uh, Maryland screw, screw mm-hmm. me taxes I can only do 10,000. I think I had 13,000. Yep. I think it was 13,000, 14,000 in taxes, but you're going to claim 10. So I, I lose $4,000? Are you kidding yeah, me? Gone. And and they yeah, tell you, gone. "Oh, well, well no no one cares about that." What the hell do you mean? That's the whole purpose of buying a house. Otherwise, everybody would live in an apartment exactly. and throw their money away. Exactly. You know, it's to lower your tax structure. Right. It's to lower your tax yeah. structure and get your tax benefit. But I think that's too complicated for most people to understand in the sense of saying we're going to reverse it unless they make it real simple. But you know how Democrats have with their messaging. If they say real simple, <laughs> we're going to reverse it so you can now take your home uh, interest and your tax credit off your mortgage. If they make it that simple, yeah. people say, okay, great. Mm-hmm. We do it. And the other thing I, I want to yeah. find out if they're going to talk about, if they're going to talk about the Supreme Court or these federal courts. Democrats never talk about the courts. Republicans oh, always talk right about the about courts. That. And they get killed every time. I mean, literally, had mm-hmm. Democrats probably talked about the courts with uh, Hillary and what Donald Trump mm-hmm. would have done, it may have made a difference. I don't know that it would have, but it may have especially thinking about, okay, he's saying that he's going to punish a woman for her reproductive rights for having an abortion, but he's not going to punish the man. That never yeah. got beyond that town hall. And I'm thinking to myself, no. why didn't you put that out there for women and let them hear that and discuss it and talk about it and just rail it? There was no ads on it. There was nothing mm-hmm. and nothing about anything about the courts or what's going to happen. And those are the critical, critical things that we got to think about. That we never yeah, those are talk about. Points. Democrats never talk so, about yeah. that. And it pisses yeah, me off every right time. About that. Because think yeah, about it from that. this standpoint. Had Hillary won, right mm-hmm. now you would have a six to three Democratic majority on the U.S. Supreme Court. Because you would have mm-hmm. picked up the Gorsuch seat. I mean, not the Gorsuch, but the uh, um, um, Scalia seat. Then, then, yeah. Right. Then you would have gotten the yeah. um, that other dude seat, um, and we had uh, four already. It was five four. Yeah. Now you would have had six to three, right? And you mm-hmm. would have a supermajority on that court, where literally, from you know DACA to guns, everything could have been passed. Through this legislation, through this uh, uh, court, had those same folks that were jumping on Bernie's bandwagon 
got off yeah. their stupid ass and said, you know what? I don't like what happened. I don't like the process, but I sure as hell don't want to put someone in there who's going to now appoint Republican judges on a federal bench, given the fact that they mm-hmm. held Obama's appointment up and didn't do anything about it. And they just they just lost their heads on like, oh, I don't want her. I don't want her. I don't want her because of because of the party and what the party did. and everything else. OK, but if you're a Democrat, who gives a flying flip what mm-hmm. the party did? And like I said, I told everybody I, I, that I you know, talked to and even on the show, I said Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. was not a Democrat. He was an independent. So why would the Very Democratic right. Party allow an independent who would not switch parties to come in and take over their party the way that the Republicans let a Democrat go and take over theirs? Why would they Make do that? There is no, yeah. there's yeah. no interest in that. They have to preserve their self-interest. So if someone's running on your party platform, but they're unwilling to become your party member, and you're crying because they elected the person who's a part of their party, and yet you wanted pro-choice, you wanted, you wanted all these different things, you want LGBT rights, you wanted DACA, you wanted all this, you want immigration for you want, but then you sit on your asses in November and let Trump get elected, and then you want to march because he's putting up Gorsuch and he's putting up um, that other dude, and you want to march and, and then rail against it? No, dumbass, get out there and do something the first time around and vote. And not have to worry about the second time because you would have had the votes to carry you through. Hmm. Well, that is that is the message to courts. I mean, you're absolutely right. There, are t- DACA, the Dreamers, definitely now with the Southern states, you can definitely pull that with immigration. You can get that in some of the West, but the other issues, I don't think they're going to bring it up. I just really don't. They haven't. I don't long. either. I don't either. And see, uh, everything that happened at the Southern border. All those things would have been eliminated. You wouldn't have had those issues that we had, and we wouldn't have had these three years that we've had with everything going on. We wouldn't be, you know, dealing with Syria. We we wouldn't be dealing with all this, or having to worry about a monument or anything else of that nature. Right. So when we look at the bottom line, what's at stake for us? What's at stake for us? Everything. Cannot deny that everything has, and it always has been for us as people, the people, black people. It's always been everything from infrastructure and jobs, from taxes, that things that we can get very little benefits from snatched away. Uh, We don't necessarily carry the majority economics in the country, so we don't have access to those resources to be able to switch and have people actually look at our books for us and tell us different things. But at the same time, you know, they have to realize what the major issues are. And I think they missed it the last two cycles. So they really have. You're absolutely yeah. right. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, everything is. I agree. And I think they have to identify, quantify, and develop a message. Unfortunately, Clinton and Obama have been the only candidates that we've had that actually had a message that rang, yeah. that was receptive, and people yeah. can grab on and hold on to. None of these candidates have a message. And I, be, I think because they don't have a message, the party doesn't have a message, and they're trying to appeal to everyone as opposed to their base, like Republicans, um, they miss it. And they're, they're, you yeah. know, they're still trying to go out there and get the white male vote. You don't need the white male mm. vote. If he's going to no. sit at home, let him sit at home. Make sure you get the black male vote, okay, yeah. combined with the black woman vote, and then the white woman vote. And you'll win. I mean, the Democratic Party has only had the white male vote 
up until probably like the late eighties. I mean, and I think yeah. I think we got it in ninety two, but we certainly didn't get it in ninety six. You know, and well, you no. didn't get it in two thousand. So black <laughs> I mean white males had already started leaving the party then. It's yeah. like, come on now, get it together. Uh, they may have gotten it in 2012, but <laughs> it's a small percentage of it. A small percentage, a very small, and it, yeah. and it was millennials up to you know, what, what 40, because everything over that they 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 went uh, Romney's where they sat at home. They said they weren't going they weren't going to participate, and that's how they came up yeah. with the Supreme Court ruling that said, oh well, more blacks voted than whites, so now we don't need the Supreme Court, we don't need uh, what was it uh, Title II anymore. Uh, and therefore, we don't need to worry about these states uh, doing the, the illegal uh, voting restrictions. Uh, no, yeah, we do. White folks at home because they ain't like their candidate, not because you know black folks outvoted them. No, that shows. Yeah. Give me your final thoughts, man. What's your final thoughts? Where, 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 where are we, where are we headed for 2020? I think we're headed right back to the same place. Unfortunately. Uh, Historically, the incumbent always wins, and unless we have him impeached before actual spring equinox, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going in a good place at all. We'll get more of the same, if not worse. Um, a lot of the electorate that's out there who wants to have their country back will come to the forefront and vote because they have taught their kids now the same hate, and they will project that onto the ballot box. They do vote. We need our people to get to the ballots so we can balance things out. But I pray that we get them out, but uh, Pence is a lot worse. A whole lot worse, man. A whole lot worse. And unfortunately, I'm about 49, 51 with you on that. I just don't know which way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which way. Because I'm with you on that. I I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death because messaging is the title thing. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be, but it is. If they don't have a message, folks just don't get it, and they sit at home and don't recognize the repercussions and consequences of what sitting on your ass does. And it it should be plain Mm -hmm. simple. It should be plain simple, but it's not. I want to thank you tonight. Thank my guest tonight, Nate uh, Brennan, for coming and joining us tonight and and, and sharing his insights and and, uh, uh, expertise into the political arena with us. Ladies and gentlemen, people, I mean, you can you can tell. I mean, there there were so many issues tonight that that it, it's crazy. It, it's just it's literally crazy. And as Nate said, everything is at stake for us. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are, what part of the country, and you need to go and tell Big Mom, Mom, Uncle, Cousin, Brother, Sister, Niece, Nephew, Son, Child, Daughter, whoever, get the dog. Let everybody know, do not mess around and sleep around on this election, this cycle, or on all the issues that are coming up locally. Pay attention to what's happening locally. That's where you elect your judges. That's where you elect your, your uh, city council members and, and your mayors and other people like that, like, like um, Judge Stephen Reed. Those things are important as well as your congressman, your U.S. senator, and your president. Make sure whatever state you are that has a, has a purple state and you got a U.S. senator, you, if you're a Democrat, you better vote Democrat for that U.S. senator. You better get out there because if you don't and we don't get that uh, Senate, that's no way that you can stop Trump if he happens to win from putting in the rest of these judges in here. And I don't know how much longer Ruth Bader Ginsburg's going to last. 
but I think she's going to check out come 2020 if we don't win. And uh, and I don't mean necessarily die. I just mean she's going to give up the fight and say, you know, I got to go. I'm holding on so that we can keep this. But I can't hold on much longer. I mean, she's got cancer four times. She's sitting there. I mean, you know, she's breathing fine and all that. But, hey, I'm praying for her every day because if she goes, you're in trouble. We are really in trouble. So think about it. What's at stake for you and your family? There's always something at stake. And no matter what it is, you have to make sure that you get with your family, talk about it, discuss it, analyze it, help them understand. And I'm not talking about just your immediate family. I'm talking about extended family. I'm talking about everybody, the community. Get together at your churches, wherever you are. Talk to people, tell people what's at stake, because there's a lot at stake. And if we don't participate this time around, and we sit out like we did in 2016, I promise you, you will regret it for not just one decade, but for the rest of your life. Until next week. If it's social, economic, or political, it's Black Politics Today. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate you joining me, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics, with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Join us live each Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Until next time, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and download us on iTunes at Black Politics Today.